You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Monday, February 22nd, and as usual now, we're into the offseason. It's Mock Draft Monday. We're going to get into my first mock draft of Locked On Steelers of the offseason. Who am I picking? Where am I putting my emphasis? And then, of course, we will be picking your winner of the Mock Draft Monday for all those who posted their Mock Drafts in the Locked On Steelers Facebook group. Don't forget you can join that at any point in time. We're over 1,200 Steelers fans strong. But first we're going to talk about quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger, where he's at, where the Steelers are, and where the rest of the NFL is at with franchise quarterbacks and how they're being dealt with. There's some interesting things we got to look at after this past weekend because it's getting crazy in the NFL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Let's get into it. Happy Monday, y'all. We hope y'all had a nice weekend. I kind of did. I got I got, I got to do some, cover some basketball, do some, do some other work around the house, take some opportunity, and it's starting to warm up here in Pittsburgh, so that's nice. But let's cut right to the chase. Let's talk about this first topic. The topic that's going to control the airwaves around Steeler Nation for the next month or so is going to be, is Ben Roethlisberger staying? Now, Jenna Harner and I chopped that all up last Friday about, you know, Kevin Colbert's words not being as harsh as some people are making it out to be. Some people think that, yeah, he's saying Ben could go, but I think he's saying, yeah, if 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 things don't work out, yeah, Ben could go because we won't be able to afford him for what the Steelers need to build around. Um, but... I also think that, like like I said during that show, they're just saying, hey, we want to see what our what the numbers will be before we get there. Now, I know that's what we talked about Friday, but I wanted to take that into perspective with where the Steelers are compared to a lot of other teams in the NFL. Because look around the NFL. I talked about this on the Locked On NFL podcast Friday as well. Uh, with uh, with your boy Q from Locked On Raiders, uh, I host the regular. I host regularly on Fridays there, so you can hear me there as well on on the Locked On NFL podcast. But Field Yates tweeted out the the fact that from 2009 to 2016, all quarterbacks that were drafted in the first rounds of those years are now on different teams. Every single quarterback who was drafted in the first round, whether it's Matt Stafford, whether it's Jake Locker, Blake Bortles. I mean, you, you go to RG3, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, and now Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, all the first round, they're gone. And when you look around the NFL, you start to say, well, wait a minute. What quarterbacks, right? How many quarterbacks right now are on their second or third contracts with the team that actually drafted the, with them? Now, some of them are definitely there. You know, Patrick Mahomes just got signed to one. Matt Ryan's still there with, with the Falcons. Ben Roethlisberger is, of course, one of those prominent names. Russell Wilson being another one. But so many guys who were uh, were up there in the in the numbers, Aaron Rodgers, of course, also in that list, and Derek Carr. But when you look at when you look at other guys, Tom Brady, the fact that he's with the Buccaneers. You got Jared Goff going to the Lions. 
You got Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. Deshaun Watson wants to get a new team. Kirk Cousins with the Vikings. Remember, he was drafted in Washington. Teddy Bridgewater with the Panthers. He was drafted in Minnesota. Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. He was drafted in Miami. Now, again, we're not considering guys that are on the rookie contracts right now, like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and, and Daniel Jones. Like all, all those guys, they're going to be with their teams. Joe Burrows, is, they're all over. But, but Carson Wentz, new team. Even Drew Brees, when you think about it, he was actually originally drafted by the Chargers, even though he's been with the Saints since, you know, I've been in college, which is now, wow, this is my 10-year anniversary of graduating from college. I'm getting old, y'all. But point being, it's very common for quarterbacks to move now. And the Steelers haven't had to move Ben for such a long time. Since he was drafted, they've never had to move. They, they, they have never had to move Ben. Think about how blessed they are in, in, in that sense. The way that the Patriots were blessed with Tom Brady for two decades. But that seems to be rare right now in the NFL. You know, Phillip Rivers hung around for the Chargers for a while, but they, they moved on from him quick. And now they got Justin Herbert and their fans are happy. I just think that there's a chance, there's a chance that, one, the Steelers are not nearly as cap-strapped as people think they are when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger's situation. Again, we got good news about the floor last week, or the salary cap floor last week, saying that it's going to be higher at $180 million, which means the actual salary cap might be in the 185 to even 190 range, and if it does that, the Steelers are in a golden situation. They just move some of men's Ben's money down the line. Um, and, and again, to me, a lot of this is going to depend on how honest was, how honest was Ben Roethlisberger when he said he's willing to do whatever, you know, for Mr. Rooney and the Steelers, because if he's willing to move 10 to $15 million of his, of his salary cap, you know, of the money that he would get paid to, you know, to next year or, or somewhere else down the line, then that that's the ticket right there because that break gets the, that gets them almost even with this news and then they can restructure a few more guys and and they've got they've got the team coming back another year. But there's still people out there that think that this isn't going to happen. The Steelers are going to blow it up, and I think it's because people are seeing that that uncertainty across the NFL. You, it, it hasn't been often that we that, that we see so many franchise quarterbacks move the way they are this year. I mean, I mean, there's there's talk about Russell Wilson maybe moving now, and Russell Wilson, who whoever thought that guy wouldn't be a Seahawk? But I'm telling Steeler Nation to slow down. Maybe that happens, but we know from studying Kevin Colbert and the Steelers, they do not make moves until they have to make moves. The new season doesn't even start until March 17th. We got basically a whole month before they got to even talk to free agents. Why would you want them to do something now and rush it? Because everyone's like, why why haven't they announced anything with Ben? Because there's nothing to announce. Relax. This is how you get yourself into contracts where where your your franchise quarterback wants to leave in, in one or two years. Look at the Eagles right now. The Eagles got locked into Carson Wentz's contract, and now they're in an extremely rough spot. If we use the unfriendly model, the, 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 the less friendly model of OverTheCap.com that, who estimates the cap space to be about $5 million less than what, like, SpotRack would. And we're going with the harshest. The Steelers right now are about $18 million over the cap-ish. 
right now spot rack has taken off Vance McDonald off the books and so technically the Steelers are at 26 million on their thing but once we know Marquise Pouncey he said he's retiring that 8 million will come off the books that'll get it down to 18 million dollars and then that's that 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 that's the range that you expect there spot rack has their range more around 14ish million but again here or there the Steelers are that's manageable we've seen the Steelers manage that situation the Eagles are 43 million dollars over in that in in that in that cap situation They've got to cut people. They're looking at. They had they had they already had to re- release Deshaun Jackson. They have to look at guys that are making big money. They just signed Darius Slay to a huge contract, Javon Hargrave to a huge contract, Lane Johnson to a huge contract. They've got to make some serious tough decisions. They're trying to get rid of Zach Ertz and stuff. Like they they're in they might be in rebuild mode soon even though they got Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. But they need to protect Jalen Hurts. They need to get him some wide receivers. They need to rebuild that defense a bit. The Steelers don't got to rebuild a defense. They've got plenty of wide receivers. The biggest thing Steelers need is probably two offensive linemen and a running back and adding depth pieces. And if Ben goes, then we're talking about something else. But you look at the the Steelers' cap situation, they're golden next year. They just got to get through this season, and I think Ben sees that. And I think when Ben looks at that and sees that, hey, once I help restructure a bit here, they'll be able to to keep the guys that I, that, that we can keep around. They'll they'll re-sign Zach Banner. They'll re-sign Cameron Sutton. They'll they'll probably bring back maybe a Robert Spillane and other depth guys who who will come really cheap. And then they can invest in the NFL draft and say, hey, let's get Ben a new center. Let's get Ben a new offensive tackle. Let's get him a new running threat. And I don't think he would turn. I don't think he would turn his nose up at that. But it's not nearly as bad as people think it is. Now it will be if Ben says, "You know what, Pouncey's out. I I changed my mind. I just I want to go retire." Then then if that happens, okay, yeah, then they gotta go get a new quarterback because Mason ain't it. And maybe he becomes it at some point, but they can't bank on that. But for me. I look at these salary cap numbers. I look at Ben's numbers. I look at the players that they still have on the roster, the players who they could bring back for reasonable prices. This is not a lost cause. And when I look at other teams and how their quarterback situations are stacking up, I also think it's not unreasonable to think the Steelers, okay, so then they'll be in the realm of most of the NFL who is look who has been looking for their new quarterback to pay money to and and, and work around. We'll be talking about this a lot more throughout the week. We got Tony coming on tomorrow. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're getting to the mock draft. You're going to get my first official mock draft of the season right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, we've got to talk to you about our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Locked On Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. 
Right now, sure, the NFL's done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, all right, all right. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. By myself today, running solo on a mock draft Monday, but that's fine because I'm going to give y'all my first mock draft. Now, I'm going to try and switch up what directions we go in with some of these mock drafts. I'm going to emphasize different positions as we go along throughout the year, what could happen. Um, when we get closer to the draft, like, like you're gonna every draft you're going to still get who I think would really work for the Steelers. As we get, as we probably get into March, we'll probably, I'll probably do some wackier things. We will probably throw in some trades into it. But right now I wanted to give you my first sense of the general idea where the Steelers should go. And my final mock draft will be what I predict to actually be where the Steelers go. That'll be that. But we got, we got until April for that. Like we, we got a long time before that happens. But right now, this is my first mock draft. This is where I generally think we consider all the Steelers needs, where they could go, and who they could get. So my first official pick of the mock draft season, my 1.0, is offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. I really, really, really like Jalen Mayfield's tape. He buries people. He's mean. He's nasty. He puts you away in the run. He seems to be really good at, you know, at, at pass pro. He needs to show up some things. He needs to put, put his technique together. But altogether, I think that you plug him in right now. He goes in at left or right tackle. I'm happy with it. And if Zach Banner is the other guy and Chikumo Korfor is your is your sixth guy or your, your, your sixth offensive lineman that you use as your Chubba Hubbard or what Zach Banner used to be, I'm happy with that. I think Jalen Mayfield is long for this league. He would be someone that would be a tone setter for the offensive line and an anchor to build around for years. Jalen Mayfield, and the reason some people are saying, well, why not get a center right there? The centers that I have graded here, they're all second to third round guys. And I think that there's some guys you can get for real value in the third round that would allow you to invest in offensive tackle in other positions. But Mayfield, they, I, I agree 100% with the people who say this Steelers offensive line needs to improve. That is a that is a top priority. My rule about that, though, is I am not willing to draft the 7th or 8th offensive tackle on the board when I could pick the best running back. Or if, like, Patrick Sertan at quarterback falls to me. Because I think that he's going to be an elite cornerback in the NFL. If Micah Parsons at inside linebacker falls to me. Like, I look a lot of these guys. Penny Sewell, he's a top five pick. Christian Derrissaw, probably a top ten pick. Rash- Rashawn Slater might be a top ten pick. Jalen Mayfield might even go before the Steelers, but I was using Pro Football Network's uh, drafts, draft simulator, um, and, and he was there, so I took him. You know, Dylan Radunes might be gone. There's a chance that there could be five or six offensive tackles off the board. Do you really want to reach for that seventh best offensive tackle when you can get the top at another position that could really help you right now? 
when honestly, because there, when, because here's the other thing you remember, when there's a run at a specific position, that usually means that position is going to start to not get picked for a while. So would you rather have an offensive tackle that you could probably come back and get in the second round because everyone's looking like, well, the, the tackles that we all wanted are gone. We're going to start looking at other positions. And you can get the jump on that and get getting getting the top of those other positions. And then come back and get maybe the same guy or one one player that you had graded below that guy in the second round. Or would you rather get that guy right now and then pass up on the opportunities in all the other positions? That's where I'm at. And that's why I keep telling people I'm not – it's always best player available. I'm not drafting a position just because I need a position unless that player fits that that area of the draft with, with the compared talent around him. So that's why Jalen Mayfield's my pick. If he falls to them, I'm fine with it. My, my second-round pick at the 55 slot, I do – also, I'm doing no trades here. We'll, get, we'll do trades later. I generally don't like to do trades when I mock draft. But my second-round pick is Javante Williams – running back out of North Carolina. There's two running backs in North Carolina. I talked about this when we had Brooke Pryor on last week. You can hear her mock draft Monday picks on last week's podcast or last week's Monday podcast. But Javante Williams was her pick as well. He's big. He's sturdy. He's tough at the point of attack. He makes players miss. His head's always up looking for the next guy to make players miss. He's a good in pass protection. He's a play right now kind of guy. I've seen people compare him to Nick Chubb. I wouldn't put that past him. He's a tough dude. And you put him behind an offensive line that has a Kevin Dotson, that has a David DeCastro, if Jalen Mayfield can can come in healthy and Zach Banner can play healthy and they get a center that actually contributes, I think he could do work. He could do some serious work in that backfield. Because, again, it's that vision. What I look for in a running back is... You know, there's a lot of people out there, they think their running back's so simple. Like, hey, the offensive line is just supposed to block everybody on the field, and then the running back just run right through the hole. No. Oftentimes, you have five offensive linemen, maybe a, maybe a tight end, and you have a single back. Your quarterback's not going to block. If you're lucky, you got six guys in the box going to war with them. But guess how many defenders are usually in the box? At least seven, sometimes eight. So when they're seven and sometimes eight, that means usually your running back has to beat one guy at the point of attack. And that was my problem with James Conner. That's my problem with Benny Snell. They aren't doing that enough in the hole. Javante Williams is a guy who did it consistently in the hole, as did Najee Harris, as did Travis Etienne. Those are, those are my top three backs on this board. If the Steelers get one of them, I consider it a super win. But that's why I picked him in the second round. My third round pick is Quinn Miners. Quinn Miners is the dark horse of the draft. You're going to hear everyone talk about him probably in the next couple months about how no one's going to see him coming, but everyone's going to see him coming because we're all talking about him now because he did great at the Senior Bowl. But he went to a small college, Wisconsin, Whitewater. I talked about him last week. You know Quinn Miners. Um, he's, a, he's a guy I think could start right now and not that be that expensive for the Steelers. If he's in the third round, great. Now, where I got a little interesting with my mock draft, a little off the, off the reservation, were my middle round picks. My fourth round pick here, my first of my fourth round picks, because there's two fourth round picks here, I got safety James Wiggins of Cincinnati. Wiggins, the reason he spoke to me was when I'm looking at defenders. At that point in the draft, my priority in this draft at the defense is to get another linebacker to play next to Devin Bush. 
I don't think that there's, if they go through the first three rounds, every time, I did like several mock drafts on different simulators. It was hard for me to get a Chad Surratt or uh, any of the guys who I actually think deserve to be in that conversation, to be a fourth, to, that I think would be good for that, to play next to Devin Bush right away. All those guys are gone by the third round. And if you're drafting here and you're saying you're looking at the third round, you want to get center, running back, offensive tackle in some some order, some fashion, right? So, like, I'd be cool with a Cameron McGrone from Michigan, a Chad Surratt from North Carolina, a Pete Werner of Ohio State, a, Bra- a Baron Browning of Ohio State, a Dylan Mo- Moses of Alabama. But when we start getting to the Monty Rices and the Charles Snowdens and the uh, – that, that's when I'm like, ah, I'm not trying to reach there. When we can look at other positions and say, hey, what about this guy? Could he fit what the Steelers do? And Wiggins presents an interesting prospect here. He's got good size. He's 6'0", 205. So you know that he at least can play the safety position. But he's a guy who can move underneath and help the way Terrell Edmonds does. He get a, He's a guy who can help cover the slot because he did that really well. And he also has really good range. He can go sideline to sideline. He can play center field. And we know we have a center fielder in, in Minka Fitzpatrick right now. But imagine having three safeties next year where you know Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick can do their jobs. But you have a third guy who can also add to the rotation. The confusion that that can cause quarterbacks for trying to understand like, hey, Minka's lining up back there, but oh, nope, Minka's coming underneath. And now we got this guy back there who can fly back cover deep. And the other thing is this guy's got ball skills. Sure, he had he had some mistakes here and there a couple years ago, but he 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 does flash the ability to go after the ball, break up the pass, and also intercept the pass. He's also a decent tackler, really fluid. I like him. James Wiggins, a decent middle round pick. I I really was gonna go for Paris Ford, but. I'm a Pitt guy, so I gotta show some unbiasedness because Pitt Ford, uh, Paris Ford's not only a Pitt guy, but he's a Western PA guy. Uh, so like, I would be totally a homerism. Not that I'm not uh, usually a homer, anyways. But James Wiggins would be my first fourth round pick. The later fourth round pick w- would be Dalen Hayes. He's technically an edge edge rusher from Notre Dame. Um, I like the reason I picked Dalen Hayes is because of his versatility. Because what they're going to be looking for in these middle rounds is guy, are guys who can play different roles and help and try to fill in different spots. Now, when I look at Dalen Hayes, he's you see he's listed as an edge rusher, but if you know, and he's he's good size, six three, he's six three two sixty one. But when I look at Dalen Hayes and you start to look at his tape, he's not just your typical edge rusher. He can be sort of what's called a Sam linebacker, or a strong side 4-3 inside linebacker. He can take on tight ends in coverage. He can try to jam him at the line of scrimmage. He can... He's he's, you know, he's not going to be all over, the, all over the field all the time, but he has the ability to process offenses while he has the ability to move in space, you know, he's not extremely fast, 
But what I see on tape is that he's a guy who could drop back a little bit and help in underneath coverage and help against tight ends. And that's a guy that they need next to Devin Bush. I'm not sure that they have a guy who can consistently do that. Vince Williams can do it in spots. Robert Spillane can do it in spots. But you need a guy who can consistently help there. And if you get a guy here like Dalen Hayes, he can help. Maybe he helps you as an edge rusher, and then then he doubles as you could back him off the line of scrimmage and use him as a sort of hybrid guy. But that's where I see him and why he was another fourth-round pick. Um, I doubled down at linebacker for Justin Hilliard from Ohio State. There's three Ohio State linebackers in this draft class that you want to look at. I said Baron Browning earlier. Uh, to me, he's he's the best one in my opinion. But uh, right behind him is Pete Werner. Some people will have Pete Werner ahead of Baron Browning, but that's the thing. But those are your clear two. Justin Hilliard is a much later pick. He's your your fifth, sixth round guy. But the reason I liked Hilliard was because of his versatility and being able to play play well on special teams. He's a very good tackler. He s- displays the ability to understand his, the, the, what's in front of him, play with his, within his role. He's a tough guy. He had, a, he had an Achilles injury that he played through in 2018. And he helped on third downs with covering against tight ends. So he's another guy that could help you there. He helps against the run. He doesn't look scared when he's in the box when he goes to go after uh, offensive linemen. I don't think he's the most mobile, but he's a guy that could be a useful guy. At worst, at worst, he's a guy that plays on special teams and he's like your Tyler Matakavich, but he's going to be much faster than Tyler Matakavich. And at best, he's what you expected Ulysses Gilbert to become. Because Gilbert flashed the athleticism to back up Devin Bush and to maybe even play next to him, but he's just been consistently hurt. So that's what that's why I picked Justin Hilliard. Um, Jimmy Morrissey was my sixth round pick. You guys have heard me hype him up. I think Jimmy Morrissey would be the perfect late round steal for any team at center. He's a center for Pitt, um, and that is my bias coming. But uh, but Jimmy's he play, he could play left guard, right guard, and center. Um, and he, he's a he's he was a walk on at Pitt, so. I've hyped him up, and I will continue to hype him up going into draft season. I think he'd be a late-round steal. And then I finished the draft with uh, tight end from Duke Noah Gray and defensive tackle Quinnen Bohana from Kentucky just to get an SEC defensive lineman in there because they do that a lot in the seventh round. But there you have it. There's my first official mock draft. Jalen Mayfield at 24 in the first round. Javante Williams at uh, 55 in the second round. Uh, Quinn Miners as a third-round pick at 87. James Wiggins, the safety out of Cincinnati at 128 in the fourth round. Dalen Hayes, edge rusher from Notre Dame, is like a hybrid linebacker. Justin Hilliard from Ohio State, Jimmy Morrissey, Noah Gray, and Quentin Bohanna. What do you think of my picks? Let me know at Carter Critiques. I'm on Twitter. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. I'm also on Instagram. You can hit me there, too. You can also let me know in the Locked On Steelers Facebook group, which you can join at any point in time and, uh, and, and join 1,200 other Locked On Steelers fans and diehard Steelers fans, of course to talk about Steelers every day of the week. And when you do that, you'll also get the chance to play in Mock Draft Monday because a whole bunch of y'all out there submitted your Mock Drafts. And now it's time, after this commercial break, for me to pick which one won this week and whose picks I will break down. So stick around. We're doing that in just a sec. But first, a message from our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 
Built Bar is great for the health conscious person and helps someone lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat during the day. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, but high protein and high fiber and they're great for a keto diet. Instead of, of when you're tired and hungry at work and you need a boost to get through the day, instead of going to the vending machine and getting those cupcakes, or those Pop-Tarts, or those potato chips, get something healthy like a Built Bar. It'll fill you up, taste great, and get you through the rest of your day with the energy that you need. And Built Bar comes in 18 amazing different flavors. Six of those new, flav new flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You can get all those flavors by going to their website right now at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter, and it's Monday, which means Mock Draft Monday, you heard my Mock Draft, now it's time to pick your winning Mock Draft. Now there were lots of great picks this week, um, there's lots of great picks every week, not to not, not, not to just play, not to uh, patronize y'all, but I, you know, I try to go with different picks each week just to balance it out, um, and uh, trust me, I'm trying, I, mean, I'm, I, would, I will get to a, a lot of you who submit every week. It's not that I'm skipping over you. I see something that I like, and then I'm like, okay, let's balance this with what we're talking about on the show so we can talk about different guys. Now, this week's winner actually shares a first-round pick with what I just gave, but there's a lot of other picks who, I'd be excited, who I'm excited to talk about. But this week's winner is Gage Neal. Congratulations, Gage, on winning Mock Draft Monday and getting your picks featured on the show. Gage didn't use any trades, and again, I'm trying to avoid trades right now, but you know, we're doing our best. Uh, Gage had Jalen Mayfield getting selected in the first round. You already heard me hype him up. You don't need me to talk about him. But Gage went a different direction with this. And this is going to be interesting because in the second round, I'm looking at running back and center. Those are my two priorities. Unless they've drafted running back in the first round, then offensive tackle and center are my two. Uh, those are my get-goes. Gage throws all that out the window. And he gets a guy who I think would really work for the Steelers right now. And as a guy I mentioned earlier, Baron Browning of Ohio State. To me, Baron Browning would be a great pairing with Devin Bush. He engages with blockers in the hole. He sheds blockers. He goes after the ball. And he has the versatility to move around the field and help against the pass. Is he elite against the pass? No. Otherwise, he would be a first-round pick. But a second-round pick on Baron Browning fits really nicely for what the Steelers need. He's a more complete package when you look at the guys that are out there, um, and would and would fit you know the Steelers not reaching up to go get a guy. I look at him as a a guy that if you play him next to to Devin Bush, he would take on the brunt of the blockers. He'd be the guy I'd want in front of Devin Bush. Like say when a running play breaks down, usually you want one of your linebackers to take on to, to take on the point of attack and blow up a blocker and then another linebacker to be be behind them processing what happens and then coming and clean up. Or you know, you could have both guys doing, you know, coming in and taking on blockers and that's fine too. I think that Devin Bush is actually going to be really good at that. But 
I, I like Browning because he gives you more versatility in the middle of the field. And there's nothing wrong. I know some people are going to be like, what about the offense? Go look at Tampa Bay's defense from this past year. Go look at what they did to the Chiefs in, in the Super Bowl. It was Devin White and Levante David taking over the middle of the field. I I look at that and I say like not that I want not that I think the Steelers should just copy that just to copy that but that's something that I think is extremely valuable. And the Steelers need flexibility for if one of their linebackers go down. And last year we saw what happened there. Devin Bush went down and they managed it for a while, but eventually it wasn't enough. And it's it's just a fact. Every Steelers team that has won a Super Bowl has had a great linebacker in the middle of its defense. Jack Lambert, James Ferrier. I know those are just really two examples, examples, but point being. And in fact, the time the times when the teams are most competitive and going deep into the playoffs, Ryan Chazier was the linebacker. Heck, the, Ryan Chazier is the reason they beat the Bengals in 2015. He ripped the ball out of dude's hand when the game was over. And he provided you a lot, like, players like that provide you a lot of flexibility. James Ferrier, Larry Foote, they did a lot. James Ferrier is one of those guys, he's one of those guys that Dean talked about last week. He's in the Hall of Honor for the Steelers easily. But he's not a Hall of Famer because he doesn't have the Hall of Fame numbers. But that's why a Baron Browning would be great. You pair two guys like him and Devin Bush in the middle of the defense, now the running game for offenses is going to be less enticing because you're going to have to do with two guys who can cover the field and hit you in the hole. And they process the, the offensive line well. And they can cover. I just, I like his ability to play. I think that he'd be a good fit here. So good pick there, Gage. Gage's third round pick, that's where he goes and gets his center, Josh Myers from Ohio State. I like Josh Myers. I think that, uh, again, I think when you look at this draft class, there are maybe four or five guys I'd be comfortable saying, slap them in the offense right now, they're, they're ready to go. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, Josh Myers from Ohio State, Landon Dickerson, if he can stay healthy, from Alabama, and Quinn Myers, Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater. Those are my top centers in this draft that I would, that I, I and that's why they got to draft in the second or third round. And if you can get a Josh Myers in the third round, great, you, you accomplished a lot. So those are two major needs and a really good need from Gage. But would really maybe want to talk about this draft a little bit more with the next two picks. Because Gage waited until the fourth round to address running back. Now, generally, I think that's dangerous to do because They've been trying to do that for the past three years, and it just ain't working. You know, James Conner was a third-round comp pick, might as well have been a fourth-round guy. Benny Snell, fourth round. Anthony McFarlane, fifth round. And when you get back there, you're starting to hope to hit things, right? But the player he picked is interesting for what the Steelers are about to try to undertake with Matt Canada. Gage picked Kenneth Gainwell, Memphis running back. Generally, I would be like, well, they don't need another guy like that. But then I, th- I was thinking, like, wait a minute, because I've studied his tape a little bit. Now, Kenneth Gainwell isn't the kind of guy like Javante Williams who I saw win in the hole, like match up with a linebacker in the hole and beat them consistently to get, more, you know, turn a, turn a, a zero-yard play into a five-yard play. Because that's what a lot of the really good running backs do. But... He does bring you flexibility. One, he has he does have the home run speed. He can hit a seam and be gone. He does seem to have the understanding of how to bounce 
plays without always going outside the tackle. He can stay within the tackles and, and hit a seam and be patient. And he does seem to have good contact with the ball. And he has decent size. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a speeder, but he's a speedy back with, uh, with a little bit of weight to him. Um, and, and and you want a guy who can take take on hits and keep on moving, and he has shown he has flashed the ability to do that. But for 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 Kenneth Gainwell, what interests me the most is his versatility as a, as a receiver as well. He lined up in the slot a lot for Memphis, and he did damage. He was a guy who was able to catch the ball out of the backfield, run wheel routes, and and, and not just wide open ones. Like there were there were times where he was beating coverage and and catching the ball further down the field, and making solid catches over his shoulder and keeping running. I like those type of backs. That that's versatility right there. And well, people are like well, you know, and it's interesting when I look at you know some of the comps. Someone compared him to on, on the on the draft network to Ahmad Bradshaw. But funny enough, I look, I'm like, well, you know, and, and I saw some people saying like, well, you know, who's to say this guy could even work in the NFL, you know, with his type? Well, Antonio Gibson was kind of that for Memphis last year. And look what he did for the for Washington. He was a late round draft pick and he worked out. Now, again, I'm not saying he's definitely going to work out. But the idea of getting a Kenneth Gainwell could be interesting because in Matt Canada's offense, they, they're going to use a lot more motion. They're going to use a lot more disguise, I think. There could be some opportunities for a Kenneth Gainwell to line up in the backfield, go to the slot, and be comfortable running routes and, and catching passes down the field or underneath and then making people miss because he's really good at making people miss in space. And I think that that's where he has Anthony McFarland beat because McFarland's speedy, and he's a guy that if he makes you miss and he hits the seam, that he can his speed can take over. But we, as we saw, him making people miss in the hole wasn't too good this year. But he's also not the receiver like Kenneth Gainwell is, at least looking at both of their college tapes and translating them and seeing how, how they do. So that was an interesting pick there, Gage. And then your second, fourth-round pick here, Jalen Twyman. You, you just got me right there. Jalen Twyman was a, is, was, a, was, a, was the Pitt defensive tackle in a year where Pitt had two all consensus All-American edge rushers in Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver. They 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 became the pass rushing duo. They were like T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree to college football. They just wrecked shop. And the crazy thing is that Jalen Twyman was supposed to be better than both of those guys, and he was better than both of those guys two years ago. The thing is that he opted out of this season because he knew that he would be a draft pick. But it it seems like it's that's hurt his draft stock because now people are like, I don't know, maybe he's not, maybe he hasn't stayed in shape. We haven't seen him play in a year. So now Jalen Twyman's draft, I mean, going into this year, he was a top 15 pick. He was one, maybe two at defensive tackle as ranking-wise. Now he's like a middle-round pick. If you can get a Jalen Twyman in the fourth round, that's your Javon Hargrave. Only I think he'd be better than Javon Hargrave because he would stop the run and he'd rush the passer. And y'all should know, pit dudes up front, like Aaron Donald, they're worth a look-see. Jalen Twyman, good pick here. Um, and then, uh, Gage, you finished out with some interesting picks here. Manny uh, Rugamba at cornerback. Uh, Racing McMath at wide receiver. Chris Rumpf at edge. Uh, these are all good depth positions to to attack. You know, cornerback, they need to see if there's some guy that could come in and battle with Justin Lane and get in, either push him to succeed or take his spot in the depth chart. 
Uh, they need a, a fourth wide receiver on the roster, so a draft that late in the year gets it, and then another edge, and then an edge rusher. Just because, hey, we'll take a flyer on the position. If we hit, we hit. If we don't, we don't. But this year, it, it's the it's the first three picks that usually you want to nail, and at least two of those three picks you want to find good use for. And a Mayfield, great. I think that's a that's a great fit for the, what the Steelers need. A Baron Browning would be an interesting piece. And I think I think it would definitely fit for what the Steelers do on defense. And then Josh Myers at center would balance the offensive line and maybe even put them in a, in a position where they could play much better next season. I think that Josh Myers would be NFL ready uh, this year. He wouldn't be a superstar. I'm not saying he'd be Marquise Pouncey in his, in his prime and just be all pro and this stuff, but he'd be a good center. And then Kenneth Gainwell with the prospect of him being a running back slash wide receiver who could work out in a Matt Canada offense. Maybe there's some flexibility there. And then Jalen Twyman. Now down the line, I'm not always going to do this. I'm going to switch it up because y'all, anyone who knows me knows I value the running back position. I know there's a lot of people out there that say running backs are trash. You never can win. It doesn't matter what you have on them. Well, guess what? The Buccaneers went and they had Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, and that was a huge part of why they won the Super Bowl. So I'm not... I'm not. I, I'm not saying that everyone should always pick running backs, but I'm not. But I'm saying don't discount them. So in the coming weeks, we will be doing more mock drafts where running backs are picked higher. I'm a very big Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne guy. But that was mock draft Monday. Again, congratulations to Gage Neal. Be sure to post your uh, your mock drafts next next week when we do it again. I usually post them on Friday, carry it over to the weekend, and then we I pick through who picked uh, you know I pick through whose selections were there. We'll try to get a new person every week. I believe uh, Randy Nielsen. I want to say I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm getting um, that person's name um, one last week. So I try to switch it up every week. So congratulations to both of you, uh, Randy and Gage, for the first two winners. We're going to do this again next week, so have fun with that. And let me know, did, did you agree with Gage? Go to the um, go to the Locked On Steelers Facebook page. You can see their post in there, see their picks and compare it and contrast and talk amongst yourselves. I encourage conversation amongst the fans. That is what we're trying to do here on Locked On Steelers. We're not trying to be boring. We're not trying to be stupid. We're trying to give you some insight and let you think for yourself because that's what we're trying to, that's what you want to do in football. We don't want you to just listen to the talking heads on, you know, skipping shannon or first take and, and just be like that no you are you got you guys are smart and more than smart enough to th- figure this stuff out for yourselves ba- after doing some research and what i'm here to do is help you with the research so have fun with your next mock drafts that's our show for today to, don't forget tomorrow you know it's tony tuesday so tony serino's coming on the show where uh, that's going to be exciting um and remember if you want to help us out at locked on steelers there's a few things you can do one, subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Radio.com, Google Podcasts, everywhere that podcasts are hosted. And if the second way that you can help us out is give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment. When you do both, you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Like this person who gave a five-star review. Uh, their name was Pride First was their username. And uh, this one spoke to me a little bit because it dug me in my roots. Or I guess my childhood. But the title of the uh, of it was uh, of the review was "Warm It Up, Chris," and it says, "I enjoy the way Chris covers the Steelers. He works with as many facts and as, as a, an historical reference as he can, while giving fans a perspective of what is happening and what is going to ha- be happening with the team." Chris is funny, offbeat, and very much on point. Thank you, Pride First, for your five star review, and also you get extra points. For the warm it up, Chris, the Chris Cross reference. Now, now for those who didn't grow up in the '90s, Chris Cross was the backwards shirt wearing group. Um, 
you know, if it, their best, their best song, the most popular song is Jump. But they have Warm It Up, Chris. I'm about to warm it up, Chris, because that's what I was born to do. Warm it up. Yeah, that was a whole thing when I was like four. And uh, there's a there's a family video somewhere of Chris Carter dancing with different Halloween costumes to this. But that will never make it to the internet. Ah, my father will not sell me out like that. I know he has it somewhere though. But anyways. Point being, uh, thank you, Pride First, and, and warm it up, Chris. Is uh, my aunt, my, my my aunt Linda. I love her. Miss you, Aunt Linda. Uh, she's in Virginia these days, but uh, but my aunt Linda, she always she always says warm it up, Chris, when she sees me, and it's just like man, like that will always stick with me. So warm it up, Chris. I appreciate that, Pride First. Thanks again for everyone for listening to the show. Back in years tomorrow for Tony Tuesday.